Hello, and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my beautiful wife, Janet, and our producer, Lindsay. We are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio today, and it is a beautiful day. And today we have Sean Lloyd on our podcast, and he's going to share his weight loss journey. And as always, um, you can call in 509 509- Five three seven zero four one one. If you have any questions, uh, we're going to be sharing the secrets, and you'll you might be surprised what the secrets are of his weight loss. So um, stay tuned for the entire episode, so you can find out all those secrets. Um, you can always find us here on my personal Facebook page, Sean Needham's personal Facebook page. Um, every Monday, one to two p.m., we stream live on topics all related to healthcare. Also, we have a midweek podcast, usually Thursdays, 8 to 9 a.m., but those do change depending on our guest availability. So don't miss us streaming live on my Facebook and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site. You can also find us on most of the podcast forums, so SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, all your favorite podcasts. Uh, And please go to the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube right now. Like right now, go to the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site and subscribe to it um, so you do not miss any episodes. We are constantly trying to improve, and if you will comment and let us know any um, ideas you have to help us improve or topics, um, please, we, we take those uh, to heart for sure. So um, today I want to um, introduce Sean Lloyd, but before I do, I want to... Um, kind of give you a little bit of history about how he ended up on our podcast. So we've been friends on Facebook and, you know, as a lot of people um, possibly um, I have friends on Facebook that are friends on Facebook and I didn't really know them before Facebook and I've gotten to make a lot of true good friends on Facebook that way. So Sean Lloyd was one of those and um, I um, did a post on obesity is the real pandemic and it was um and as usual on a topic like that it can get a lot of emotion involved so um there were a lot of people that posted on it or a few people that posted on it depending on how you want to quantify those numbers and sean lloyd was one of them so i really got to meet sean lloyd and um through that post and he talked about obesity being a choice now I don't want to get into a debate with anybody because I get it. There are a lot of reasons for being obese, okay? Um, The great thing is is that Sean Lloyd has been there, and he can share his experience. Another thing is, too, is I have been there. I was 60 pounds heavier a few years ago. I've maintained my weight loss for um, 10 years now. And I can tell you that, um, and as Sean will share, that most of the reason for my obesity was choices that I made and obviously not good choices. So um, in general, if we make better choices, we won't be obese. Now, there are some issues with hormone balances and, and things like that that can help obesity, but that is a piece of the puzzle, okay? Um, you still have to make good, healthy eating choices and exercise and so, and so on. So again, uh, thank you for having me. Um, again, this is my opinion on my life and what it is for me. Uh, for me, all throughout my life, I made poor decisions, and a lot of it was not exercising, not eating the right things. Um, I would eat for pleasure, um, eat for the sensation, the feeling of it, um, and didn't really understand the concept of what I was doing to myself. So throughout my whole entire life, I ate bad, and really that was the choice. And and then it really came down to 
a point in my life that I felt like I was making the wrong choices and I needed to make a different choice. And that is how I started my journey to lose all the weight that I did. And I'm still losing and I'm still getting in better shape. Um, and just my opinion is it all boils down to what do you accept in your life? Do you want to be a certain way? Um, if you're okay with being a certain way, then that's your life and you're okay with that. But if you choose that you don't want to be a certain way, then how can you change it? Look at your actions, look at what you're doing and then change those actions. And then it does take time, but you'll see a result. And that's really just my opinion on it. And I'm pretty, and I'm pretty stuck on that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so why should we care about your opinion? Weren't you 105 pounds heavier or a little over a year ago? Yeah. So about, uh, about two years ago, I was, I was over 320 pounds. Uh, that's the last time that I really looked at the scale. Um, cause uh, anybody can attest is that scale. You hate it. Um, you get on the scale and you're like, oh, this is gross and you don't want to look at it anymore. So when I got over 320 pounds, I stopped looking Guilty. at it. Um, and I kept eating the same way. Um, and then I just, like I said, I made that life choice to make better decisions. And then I lost over 105 pounds. Um, it did take time and I'm still working on getting more down. My goal is, is that when I am done with my weight loss journey, um, I probably would have lost 120 to 125 pounds, um, just getting all the way down to where I want to be. Cause I don't want to look like an Arnold guy. Um, cause I'm pretty broad shouldered as already, but I don't want to be, I don't want to look like Arnold. Um, so I just want to be a little bit smaller version of him. <laughs> so for, for those of us that might not know who Arnold is, you talk about that like all of us should know. And I, maybe Arnold most Schwarzenegger. The most there you go. <laughs> yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I wasn't sure. Our producer was laughing, so she knew too. And I don't know. She's only 31 years old, so I didn't know if she would know who Arnie was too. But you're young too, but Arnold yeah. is a pretty popular guy. And I guess Arnold, when people say Arnold, I guess people know who Arnold is. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, yeah. big muscle guy. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your weight loss and you know, you, you, you changed your life. I mean, for sure. So tell us some of the, some of the things you implemented to, to do that. Well, you know, one, I, I had to do it in stages. Um, cause I tried a few times to just go extreme one end to the other, like eating healthy, eating veggies. And I kept failing, um, because I would always, crave sugar, crave carbs, and I would go back to it. So I had to look at, I almost had to write things down and say, okay, what am I eating throughout the day? And what is in all of that? And what could I cut first? So my go-to is I loved Coca-Cola. I loved pop. So I had to look at, okay, can I, how can I cut that by drinking more water? Well, I struggle drinking water, you know, cause it, it doesn't taste good. It just it's bland. So I started adding some flavors in the water, um, you know, lemon, strawberries, something just give it a little bit more taste. And then I started phasing out of pop. But then I really realized that I kept craving pop for the carbonation because I love the feel of the carbonation when you drink soda. So I started getting things that had carbonation in it, um, low calorie, low sugar, just to get that fix um, to really start weaning myself off of pop and the cravings of soda. And then when I got to that point that I didn't crave soda anymore, then I looked at, okay, what else do I need to cut? And I looked at all the bad foods that I was eating and almost like the craving for it. I'm like, well, what can I make that is kind of like that? 
but much more healthier. You know, instead of the cheeseburgers and all the French fries and stuff like, well, I can make a really good cheeseburger really healthy. So I started, instead of going out to eat and eating cheeseburgers, I would get my own meat and I would make my own cheeseburgers very healthy. And instead of buns, I would use lettuce, um, just trying to create something else or I'd just go bunless. I'm just really trying to figure out what can I eat so I can still get that fix that I'm feeling that I can satisfy myself with that food, but still eat it in a healthy way. And again, watching how much I eat as well. So Janet, do you have any questions for Sean since well, you've been down this journey with I, me and my and our son? Well, I, I think um, the first thing that I'm interested in knowing is the why. Was it because you started feeling uncomfortable with yourself? Were you having health issues? What what brought you to that pinnacle point where I'm going to make something different happen here? Well, it to me, it really, to, to get to that point, you have to go back to when I was a child. Um, when I was a child, I was always kind of a bigger kid. Um, I would always eat way too much and that's just what I was used to in my life. So I would continue to eat until I was full. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. Everyone was supposed to do. Um, and we would always eat lots of carb heavy foods and there was nothing wrong with that. It's just, that's what we ate. Um, and then it just continued on throughout early adulthood. And then I went through a pretty traumatic thing in my life, um, went through a divorce and the weight continued to, to pile on because of that, because I was using food as a crutch um, to really deal with everything going on in my life. Cause good, you know, carbs, sugar, mm -hmm. they feel good. You eat them, you feel good. Um, you know, so I got to the point when I was at 320 pounds that I was like, you know, I got to figure out what's wrong. Like, why am I acting like this? So part of me losing my weight and which I can explain on if you want is I really had to look at my mental health. Um, and look at what was causing me to want these foods. Okay, yes, I understand that they taste good, but there has to be another motive behind it. It's because I didn't know how to cope. I didn't know how to deal with my emotional things that I had going on in my life. Um, so I was turning to unhealthy behaviors to fill that void instead of other things that I could be doing to, to make it better. Um, and then it just got to the point that I was wearing a size 3X shirts um, a size 44 pants and just, I would take pictures with my daughter and see how happy she was. And I would look at me and I would, I would feel disgusted of what I looked like. And I'm like, seriously, I, I, I don't want to look like this anymore. And because of my divorce, I became kind of a hermit and I didn't want to talk to anybody. didn't want to deal with anybody. And that kind of caused more of an issue of mental health issues and then my weight loss or my weight gain issues. Um, then I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to get back out there. I want to start meeting people. I want to get healthy. I want to interact with people. I want to go on hikes. I actually want to do things instead of just sitting on a couch and playing video games or something like that. Um, actually get out in the world and explore it. Um, so yeah, it got to that point. I just felt disgusted. Um, I wasn't having any health issues. I've always had lower back issues, um, from sports. I used to play football just cause I was a big kid. You know, you play football if you're a big kid. Um, so I've always had those issues with back pain. Um, but losing weight really helped with that, that I don't struggle with that. I don't have aches and pains as much as I used to, um, just because of the pressure being relieved 
uh, off my spine. So is there any other things that, you know, you say you didn't have a lot of health conditions, but um, is there any other things that got better because of losing weight? Your mental health for one, probably, but one what other mental health, I started in, in and still for me, I still struggle with the aspect of you look at a mirror sometimes and you're like, who is that person? Because you're so used to seeing who you are for most of your life being overweight and you still look and like, I don't know who that is. And it's a mental you know, thing that you really have to work on that, you know, this is who you are now and you're continuing to get better. Your, your mind is having an issue with identifying what it's seeing because it's so used to seeing one image. Um, other issues that I had that are now gone um, that weren't really big issues is that I was always had like aches and little aches and pains in my knees, um, you know, going upstairs, going downstairs or uneven grounds, you know, like my knees would ache a little bit or my hips would ache. Um, and then when I lost all the weight, um, you know, I, I didn't have that anymore. I could go on now I can go on 10, 15 mile hikes and feel great. And before I could maybe only do two miles and just be burnt out body hurt, couldn't do anything and have to go back to the car. And then I'd probably go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger after that. Um, now it's, it's completely different. Um, you know, I, I don't have as much pain in my neck. Um, the biggest thing that I also realized for myself is something with inflammation, uh, how inflammation is so prone in the body and it really can be from what you eat as well. Um, so when I started eating better, um, I just felt more loose, more limber. I, I don't know if that's the right word to say. Um, I just felt like I could do more. I had more energy. Um, I didn't feel lethargic or tired um, or brain fogged. Um, I actually had some clarity that I could actually do things and actually focus on things where before I was just kind of, I felt like a zombie a little bit in my own body, especially when I was eating bad just kind of going day in day out. So that was another benefit of me losing all my weight. So your back pain, knee pain, and inflammation. And I, I can't tell you, um, Sean, how many people I have talked to that are obese and they have back pain and they have knee mm -hmm. pain. And, you know, sometimes they don't want to hear it. But, and unfortunately, a lot of times doctors aren't honest enough with them. And they won't tell them, it's like, uh, you know, if you lost about 100 pounds, your knee pain would probably go away. Um, and it's, you know, you just wonder how many surgeries and how many medical problems are related be, due to obesity. And that's why I call obesity the pandemic, because in healthcare, it is causing a lot, a lot of issues. So now, fortunately, you didn't have high blood pressure yet. And I say yet because you probably would have if, if you as you age and you didn't have high cholesterol or diabetes. Now, my my question there is, is that, you know, how we traditionally look for diabetes is with glucose, blood sugar being too high. But I would almost bet that your insulin levels were really high because of the way you were eating and you were, you know, your glucose was low enough for now just because mm -hmm. you were producing a lot of insulin, but that makes you insulin resistant in the end. And I'm sure that if you were obese long enough, a lot of those problems would start creeping in. So Janet, we had a guest on our show that didn't necessarily have some of those issues yet. Can you talk about chronic disease and, and obesity and how it can cause some of those things? Yeah. So, um, you know, eventually, um, 
your body's just not going to be able to compensate just because of the mass of the weight that you're carrying and your heart is going to struggle. So, you know, we know that you're going to end up with hypertension. Um, eventually, that inflammation is going to wreak havoc with your vessels of your body. So um, that's where the cholesterol and the plaque starts building up. And also, as we are, are fighting with getting the sugar levels because we're eating so much, the levels of insulin rise. And so then we have this, this cycle that starts happening where um, we start gaining weight because we're storing. So we're constantly storing the food that we're consuming. And then, you know, there's also, you know, we talk about the cardiac part, partly because in healthcare, we know that heart disease is, is rampant. I mean, if you really wanted to know what the pandemic in our, our country is right now, it's heart disease and people dying of, of, of heart attacks. And it's, it's happening younger and younger in our population. And it's tragic because it's preventable. It's tragic because we need to get a grip on how to help our patients and how people can just on, on simple measures make changes in their life and have a quality of life that that is healthy for them and their families. And it's not something that we need to continue to do. And diabetes is the other disease that is a chronic problem in our, our nation and it's preventable. There's things that we can do. And so um, I'm truly interested besides some of the things that Sean has already implemented, um, some good tips that you can give our listeners and patients out there of how you learned, you know, to, to eliminate certain things and, you know, what kind of tips did you use in your own life and those lifestyle changes to take and make some measures that have worked for you for at least a year and a half? Um, so first how I, now that I've, I'm conscious more of it is I looked at my family history as well. Um, my mom has issues with diabetes. My grandfather had issues with diabetes and heart disease and other things. So I really looked at long-term, if I continue to eat or behave the way that I did, these are some things that I would have to deal with future. So for me, it's either I deal with it now and live a healthy, better life, or I continue to struggle and have a lot of issues at the end. We're probably not going to be so fun to deal with. Um, and really after that, I, I tried shooting in the dark, just trying to figure it out on my own, you know, and just, but I, I did reach out and I did talk to, um, nutritional experts to figure out what they thought and, and different programs that they offered and kind of looked at things that they did. Um, I tried, tried keto. I tried all those different ones. And, and really I just found out what was best for me, my body. Um, I've learned that one program may work for someone else, may not work for some, the other person because everybody's person is different. Um, and it's just tweaking it on how you do it. And the biggest thing you have to learn is patience. Um, it didn't take overnight for you to gain weight. It took a period of time. So it's going to take a period of time for you to lose all that weight. And sometimes you will go on a new way of eating and you'll do it for a little bit. And then you'll find out that you gained a little weight. And then you'll have to adjust and like, okay, what, how did I gain that weight? Was I eating too much protein? Was I eating too much carbs, too much fat? You know, was I not working out enough? What was I doing? Um, then you have to adjust and lower or accommodate and then 
go for that stint. So a lot of it was just trial and error. And I'm still learning about my own body and how it all works um, because there's so much in, in tune with it. So it's a consistent learning process of what do you eat? When do you eat it? How often? Um, and how often do you work out and what to it intensity? So it's a consistency of learning. So for anyone else that is really trying to get in better health, lose weight, is you can start with Google. You can go online and get start the keto program. You can you can do all these other different things. But I had to just start asking people, people who have either lost weight or people who are professionals in their fields, hey, what what would you recommend? And then getting what they told me, and I love to research things. I love to just Google and and find the nitty gritty of really what is a program, what is it consistence of, and find out for yourself what is it really that you're doing. What is keto? What is a low carb diet? What is a high protein diet? What is this? What is a carnivore diet? And finding out the science behind it, because really, it is a, it is a science, and you just have to find out what works for your body. And that's the thing that takes time. Well, that's one thing that we we talk about on this show quite often is it and that's why we have so many different people on either carnivore diet. We've had Sean Baker on, you know, talking about the carnivore diet. We've had Amber Wentworth on talking about keto diet. And um and we had Dr. Sean O'Mara on talking about intermittent fasting. And not all those diets work for everyone. You got to find mm -hmm. out work, what works for you, and um, you know that's why it's important to to like you say educate yourself and and try some of the things. I think there are some tips that you and I talked about, you know, in our in our connection call that you know are probably on any kind of diet are probably some good tips. And you talked about food food being fuel for our bodies. Let's yeah. just you know you know explain what your thoughts are about that. So I'm, I'm a visual guy. And so I had to really put it in perspective for my mind to really understand if, you know, you have, you have a diesel truck and that diesel truck requires a certain type of fuel diesel. If you put normal gasoline in it, the engine is going to bog down. It's not going to work as efficiently or same concept is you have a jet engine, a jet plane, you're going to put jet fuel in it. You're not going to put normal gasoline in it because it's not going to work. It's not going to function. And so one, I had to really understand that my body is essentially an engine um, that I have to put the proper fuel in it. If I am putting improper fuel, which for me, that is bad food, um, high processed, fast food, just unhealthy food, sugars, uh, carbs, um, high carbs, like bad carbs. I mean, um, that is bad fuel and my body will bog down. And I look at it as a blessing that if I eat unhealthy, I will look unhealthy. Um, I see so many individuals that eat unhealthy, but look great. But we all know that they can still get issues um, with diabetes and other things, but still look great on the outside. So for me, I feel blessed that if I eat unhealthy, I will look unhealthy. Um, and then another product too of my visualization that I learned is each one of that jet engine, that jet plane, and that diesel truck, they only have a capacity how much fuel they can hold. So if you continue to fill that gas tank up, it will overflow. And it's the same thing with our bodies is that if we continue to put food in our mouths and not burning it, well, we will then spill that out essentially in fat and we'll gain fat from it. 
So it's the concept of knowing how much your tank really needs to sort of run on, making sure you're putting the right food, the right fuel in your engine to make sure it runs efficiently. Yeah, our bodies are pretty efficient and they will store extra fuel as fat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, evolutionarily speaking, we would be stored as fat for energy when we wouldn't have enough food. Well, in today's society, most Americans, and this, I'm making a general statement, most Americans have an excess of calories. We have an excess of food. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can go to my house and we basically have an unlimited food supply. Unlimited is a strong word. I get that. But we have a freezer full of meat and we have a pantry full of food um, and a fridge full of food. So it's kind of unlimited. Um, whereas back when we were, you know, evolutionary speaking, we are hunters and gatherers. We could only, we couldn't store food for very long. So we would store our extra calories as fat. Now, unfortunately, we've just stored a lot, you know, a lot of fat, unfortunately, in, in um, most Americans. So um, that's a great analogy that you use, Sean. And what I like that you point out, and I wanted to reiterate this, is no matter what diet you follow, even keto, you can eat too much food, too much keto, and you will continue to gain weight. Now, there is an argument to be made about insulin release with carbs, and that could, you know, possibly cause you to, you know, be more hungry, and, you know, high protein will cause a, a more satiety. There's probably some truth to that, but my, the important thing I want to, to reiterate is that if you eat too much keto, you will gain weight. Janet, do you want to comment on, on that at all? Yeah, I, I do. I think um, one of the tools that our son started using for himself was to weigh the food and actually look at the caloric intake. So no matter if you were eating keto or if you were eating, um, if you were doing a fasting, a, you know, intermittent fasting, that, you know, the way he took control of the calories was to make himself accountable by actually weighing the food and looking at the calorie content. So um, one, of, one of the things that comes to mind is that you have to learn how to be honest to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to embrace what our son did. I mean, he, he needed to lose weight when he was in the fifth grade. He had uh, several pounds to lose and he made a lifestyle change as to how he was going to live. Not only is it the amount of food, but also the activity. And, and Sean, you touched on that too. So I'm really excited to know what, what you are doing in the exercise realm and how you are taking that part as well into incorporation of being healthy. So um, when I first started losing my weight, um, it was hard for me to, to run or do a lot of different things just because of how I felt with the extra weight. So I would go to the gym twice a day in the morning and afternoon. I'll just be on the treadmill as much as I can, as long as I can. And then I would lift weights or do other things to, to help build muscle. Um, so I would do that for a long period of time, go to the gym twice a day, um, sometimes an hour at a time just so I can make sure that I'm keeping my metabolism up. I continue to burn. I was on a mission per se. And now that I've lost majority of my weight, um, regardless if um, the gyms were closed or not, uh, I went out and I bought weights. Um, I bought resistance bands. I have a bike. And so I would go out consistently and lift weights uh, in my backyard or in my house. Um, I would use resistance bands. I would go for bike rides. I'd go for hikes. 
Um, I go for hikes probably sometimes multiple times a week, just depending on my schedule with work. I know everyone is busy with work sometimes, but it's just figuring out, okay, I got a few hours. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to sit on the couch and watch the new episode of whatever, or am I going to take an hour and go for a walk, you know, and then I can watch the show if you really want to watch the show. Um, and then I decided that, and I've, I've had, I've had a trainer for a while. So I decided that, you know what, I want to make sure that I'm having someone else holding me accountable and also push me beyond my limits. Um, because when you're working out on your own, you're, you're whatever it is, lifting weights or running, um, you may think you're at your limit and you want to stop. But sometimes we stop just before progress is made. And sometimes if you have someone push you either by yelling at you or just <laughs> being right. emotional support or just helping you hold that that bar and just slowly lifting it up with you to push you beyond what you think you can do and that's where progress is made um the trainer that i have is extremely motivating really good at what he does um and his his whole process is you need to give a reason for the body to change you have to force it to change. And sometimes that takes a lot of work. It's not easy. Um, so it's consistently working out that I have to do uh, to continue to get in better shape. And that's why I said I'm still not done with my weight loss journey. Um, I still have about 20 pounds of fat that I would like to lose. And sometimes that's the hardest part because you've changed all your eating habits. You still have to kind of tweak it and figure out how to get rid of the rest. But now it's at to the point of you have to burn it off. And really to do that is exercising. And I'm very conservative and very conscious about muscle mass and protein because I don't want to be eating um, a diet or something and then lose all my muscle mass because I'm a big guy. And if I lose all my muscle mass, I won't I won't look healthy. I won't look right. Um, so I consistently work out to make sure that what I do eat, I burn. Um, and does my weight fluctuate? Of course it does. You know, I have a day that like, you know what, I want a piece of chocolate cake, but I know that I'm going to have issues for the next few days that I'm going to have to eat very clean and not consistently eat like that, or I will gain weight. It just goes back to what Sean was saying about choices. Um, if I continue to eat chocolate cake daily or a cheeseburger daily, I will gain all my weight back. Um, a lot of people that I've talked to um, who asked me about how I lost my weight and how I can help them lose their weight um, is they, they don't want to let go of what they're eating all the time. And I was like, you can still eat that. You can still have a cheeseburger if you really want to. One, you can make it extremely healthy on your own and it tastes great. But if you want to go to a fast food joint, go ahead. Totally. You can if you want to. But understand there are consequences to that choice. And if you consistently make that choice, you'll be back where off where you started. Um, so it's just, again, it's learning about your body and then working out and, and staying active throughout the whole process. Because if you turn sedentary, you'll, your metabolism will go down. You will gain your weight back. Well, and a body in motion tends to stay in motion. That's a rule of physics. Yeah. And a body that has no motion tends to die. I mean, those are really mm -hmm. just facts. And I appreciate you sharing your story and that you know, it's more than just scale weight. Um, you know, you're looking at muscle mass too, because, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of it too. I, I can, 
you know, be a slave to the scale. And I have to realize my, myself, I have to, I have a coach also, and I have to, my coach has to say, Hey, look, get away from the scale. Don't worry about it. Yeah. If you're getting stronger. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And you're yeah. getting leaner and your pants fit better, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I really, I really appreciate that. And we, we want to, if for our listeners and viewers that are listening to Sean, if you look at his, um, most recent picture, we're going to stream that picture and, you know, you just look amazing and to still want to lose 20 pounds, but keep muscle mass, I think is a, is, you know, is a great goal. And you're just, you're doing so you're doing well. And I don't know, Lindsay, can you, can you stream the before picture too? Because, um, um, I'd like to, for our viewers to see that because your transformation of 105 pounds is 105 pounds or is 120 pounds, 105. Well, I want to get to 120, 125 loss, but right now I'm at 105. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, it looks like there's so that's, your, that's the before that's the after photo. Right. Um, right. so th the nice thing about me also losing all my weight and working out is when I was overweight, I didn't have vasculinity in my arms. I didn't, I didn't know what that was. I saw it in other people, but I never experienced that. So when I started losing my weight and building muscle, I was like, what's, and I started looking at my hands and my arms and my, my biceps. And I was like, what is this? So for me, it's a, it's a, a an extra bonus for me to see the result, the physical result of, Hey, this is what happens when you work out and you eat better, you, you look better and you feel better. Um, and if you look at my before photo, um, you know, it's, it's just a complete opposite, you know? Yeah. We're working on getting that photo up there and I can tell you, I remember seeing it and, you know, even though you're smiling in that photo, honestly, <laughs> you know, honestly, you don't look happy and no. I I've been there and I've been at the place where, you know, I get out of the shower in the morning and I don't want to see myself in the mirror. I've been there. I don't yeah. like the person I see. I don't want to get on the scale because I don't want to see what the number is. Um, you know, and, you know, if you make healthy choices, it takes, it does take, you know, it does take some time. I mean, like you say, you've, you've been doing it for a year, um, but it's also, we're never done. I think some people think with, with, you know, weight loss that after you lose the weight that you're just done. And unfortunately, if you have that attitude, you will just gain the weight back. And I've been there before. Um, you know, last year, 10 years ago, when I decided to lose weight for the last time, you know, I've, I've kept it off partly because, you know, I've changed, you know, well, I've changed my habits, of course, but um, part of it, I added a lot of more different exercise into, mm -hmm. into my, my routine. And you and I have talked, here's your before picture, which you were smiling there. You want to comment on that at all? How'd you wow. feel then? Yeah. So, you know, um, you can see my gut and everything that was a size three X shirt and a size 44 pants. And, and now I wear a size large shirt and a size 32 pants. So I can put a lot different size shirts, but you know, I, I felt uncomfortable with myself. I was consistently looking to see if my shirt was tucked in to make sure, you know, my gut wasn't hanging out. Um, I, I was very insecure with how I looked. Um, and you know, that was a hard time in my life and it, it, yeah, it, it was a struggle to deal with the consistency of that's what you saw in the mirror every day. So how has your relationships changed at all? I mean, have your, have your friendships changed? Has your family changed? Has your, how's your work and has your work improved? Has your work changed? You know, and, and this is something that I feel it, and this is my opinion, my opinion only, um, 
I feel that now that I've lost my weight, um, I get treated better. Um, and that's, again, my opinion. I just felt like when I was overweight, I wasn't um, really looked at as often. I wasn't really listened to or maybe respected as much. Um, but then losing my weight and, and looking better and feeling better. And maybe it's a confidence thing. Who knows? Right. Again, my opinion. Um, I just felt like people actually paid attention to me. They listened to me more and they were more receptive to what I was saying. Um, or people would want to get to know me or interact with me on their own accord instead of me wanting to just consistently trying to peck them, trying to get them to interact with me. It was more of a given, more give and take instead of me just constantly trying to give to someone. Uh, so relationships have definitely improved. My friendships have improved. Um, relationship with my family has improved because one, they see the, the dedication that I've had in my life to get better at certain things. And I've inspired other family members or other people to, to really look at what they're doing, um, really just by questioning what they're doing and what I've done and figuring out how can they somehow change their life. Uh, so it's, it's very empowering to me to, to go through that. That's awesome. And I love that word. I mean, that's what we talk about every every show here. We like to educate and empower, you know, individuals that they're in charge of their own health. And that's exactly what you did, Sean, is you took care of your own health. So so speak about work. Are you are you more productive at work? Are you more successful at work after your weight loss? I, I feel I'm more productive at work. So I work in the mortgage industry. So I am I'm a salesperson. Um so I constantly have to be in front of people, either on the phone or in person in meetings. And I have to sell myself and what I do to be able to get business. Um, and I felt that my personality was able to get me so far. Um, but I feel that now that I, and again, this is my opinion, this is not to be egotistical, but now that I look a little bit better, I feel, and again, it could be my perceptive perception of it, but I feel like it, sometimes it could be a little bit easier to get that foot in the door or to get a, a good communication response back from someone just because maybe I'm more confident in the way I look or how I act or just how people perceive me is different. Um, so work is a lot better. Um, I'm able to focus more where sometimes it would take me quite a long time to figure out what am I doing for the day? Um, now, as soon as I get up, I, I very laser focused on what I need to do. I write it down on a piece of paper as a checklist and it's boom, boom, all the way down. And I can stay pretty focused to that. And that's with me doing my mortgage business and trying to start other businesses on the side because I get bored um, to start other businesses on the side. And so to have that mental clarity and not have that brain fog is a huge benefit to me personally. Well, I, just as an observation, Sean, I, I think what I'm really hearing from you is that you are using other things to motivate you to feel better inside versus food. That you've plugged Correct. in other things that are healthier on the mental aspect of your life, your mental and emotional side, that you are finding satisfaction in. Whether it's, I obtained this goal at the gym, or I've obtained this goal at my job, or, you know, my personal life with my interactions with my friends. I mean, you're finding satisfaction in other areas other than food. Would that Correct. be a fair statement? No, that is, that is a true statement. Um, so before, um, to give an example, if I had a really bad day or just a bad day, I would want to feel better. So I'd go to McDonald's and get some cheap cheeseburgers and a pop and I'd feel good. 
Um, the same thing would happen that if I wanted to reward myself, I'd go get some cheeseburgers and some pop and reward myself and I'd feel good. And now that I've eliminated that behavioral trait, I had to find things that would make me feel good. So for me, it's uh, going out and go buying a shirt. I never understood the concept of going out and go buying a shirt because when I was heavier and I wore a 3X shirt, you can't really find decent shirts that would right. look nice. You'd wear <laughs> shirts to cover up things. Um, so now I go out and like, I'll go to Buckle or whatever store and I'm like, I like that shirt. I'm going to treat myself and it makes me feel good to go buy something, put it on and like, this looks nice on me or a pair of pants. So that's one thing or to treat myself like, you know what? I want to go for a drive. You know, I'm just going to go drive and just for me to relax and have fun and unwind instead of sitting on the couch and having a cheeseburger or like, you know what? I've worked hard. I've been working out in the gym hard. I'm going to go get a deep tissue massage um, just to really re release everything and just feel good about myself. Um, so it's finding other things that you can do to, to make yourself feel better and to feel like if you have a, a void in your life to figure out what that void is. And what can you fill it in with positive, healthy things to make yourself feel better um, instead of the other choices, just to fill it with more negativity or more bad choices. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really what I've done is filled so, it in with more positive things and healthy things. And you gave us so many, you know, so many uh, different examples of that. And that's uh you know, so there's really no excuse to just use food to reward ourselves. And and you you did mention that you know um, early on in the podcast that you know uh, food has to do a lot with our mental health. If we eat, if we are obese, sometimes it has to do a lot with our mental health. So we got to fix those issues first. So mm -hmm. for sure, um, but eating healthy is good for our mental health, and so is exercise. I we mention this program all the time that the the best drug ever admitted for for health for um for depression is exercise. Yeah. And, yeah. and to touch on that real quick, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and like I said, ask me what I did. And the first thing I tell them is I looked, I worked on my mental health and they'll question me like, what do you mean mental health? You should be telling me what to eat. I'm like, no, I really shouldn't be telling you what to eat first. You should be learning. Why is the reason you eat food? Is there a mental health issue there? Like, is it purely just a pleasure thing? Well then find other things that you can find pleasure in. But if it's a thing that you're using as a coping mechanism, that when you eat food, it releases endorphins, you feel good, and, and then that's how you're coping, is figure out what is that emotional pro trauma or problem with that mental health issue and figure that one out first. Because if you don't figure out, I've learned in my own personal opinion and choices that when I didn't fix my mental health issues, I, I went on the yo-yo diets. I would lose some gain it back, lose some, gain it back because I was consistently going back to bad behaviors because I was still trying to cope with things that I went through in my life. So I had to work on that, find better coping mechanisms, better things, resolve those situations so that I can consistently make better choices um, and now have it be a lifestyle choice uh, that I just consistently live with. Um, and a lot of people, they don't want to give up what they're consistently eating. They don't want to give up pop. They don't want to give up candy. They don't want to give up things. Um, when people look at what I eat, um, I eat pretty boring. Uh, I don't eat for taste. I don't eat for flavor. I eat for, I eat for function. Um, do I sometimes eat for taste? Yes, I do. 
Um, but majority of my meals is for function. And it, I think that is very hard for individuals to get away from, especially when they're using it as a coping mechanism. For sure. And, but I will tell you this too. I mean, you know, just to not depress people too much about eating healthy. I mean, your palate changes too. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is nothing, you know, I crave, I crave strawberries sometimes. I know that the keto people, you know, strawberries are bad or whatever, or I crave blueberries or, you know, blueberries and, you know, non-fat Greek yogurt. I crave that sometimes or steak. I crave steak all the time. And so, you know, could I also eat candy for sure? I, I definitely could, but, um, you know, your palate does change. So, and I think one of the most important things that you talked about, not the most important things, but a a good tip is don't drink your calories. And, and there's two big things there. Like you say, sodas, for one. And, you know, I guess a, a popular thing also is energy drinks and energy drinks do have calories. I guess the non-calorie ones don't, but the non-caloric ones don't, but, um, you know, so energy drinks, another one. And, and another one is alcohol. I mean, you know, if you're having three or four drinks a day, whether it's beer or whether it's wine or whether it's, you know, um, mixed drinks, you're probably having an extra four to 500 calories at least a day. And if you were, if you are a sedentary lifestyle, that's one third of your calories in just in alcoholic drinks a day. And we won't even get into the subject of, you know, how alcohol decreases recovery and it actually is a poison. That's why it um, is so hard on our bodies. We won't even get into that. Um, Just the calories alone. If you want to do one thing, take out caloric drinks, and that includes alcohol. But that's tough. That's tough for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, one big thing that I really want to to touch on is, just real quick, is the cost. Um, I really had to learn through my own financial situation that it can be cheaper to eat unhealthy. Um, you go to the candy store or grocery stores or fast food, um, it can be relatively cheap to go buy a cheeseburger, you know, go to McDonald's, you can buy a dollar cheeseburger done for a meal, but to make that same cheeseburger, it might cost you five to $6 to make it on your own. So I really had to look at my finances and figure out, okay, this is a lifestyle choice that I have to consistently make. So I have to get rid of things that I really don't need in my life to make sure that I can afford to eat healthy. Um, and that's something that I feel um, can be a struggle for certain people um, who are on a day-to-day budget uh, to eat right. But you can still buy healthy things, um, just adjust how much of it you eat um, and, or to find other ways. But you can always start somewhere or adjust somewhere in your life to make it. Well, and we, we've talked about eating healthy on our podcast often and about how expensive it can be or, or can't be necessarily. Yeah. Now, Janet has a great thing. She says you either pay now or pay later. So exactly. You know, and we had a, a doctor on our podcast last week that he said pay the farmer now or pay the cardiologist later. That's mm-hmm. a pretty strong one. Now, no, I, yeah, I agree. You know, so I've got a great example though, because let's face it, you know, McDonald's wants to sell you their dollar menu, and that's why they call it a dollar menu. But let's face it, most people don't leave there spending a dollar. So. Yeah, at least at four dollars is probably so. Here's a here's a four great cheeseburgers and a dollar coke. That's what I get. 
right. right. So here, here's a great example. So Janet and I were camping in the spring and we, um, we um, had sausage and eggs. We, we cooked sausage and eggs on our little grill that we brought. And we had some friends that went to town and they got McDonald's. And they came back and, and later on we were talking about healthy eating. We were talking about price of food too. And I asked him, I said, well, how much did you spend at McDonald's? Between the two of them, they spent 15 bucks. With the eggs and the sausage that Janet and I had, it was well under $4. Yeah. So I, I'm not buying the fact that eating healthy is expensive. Even if you look at the long-term consequences, mm -hmm. I don't think eating healthy is expensive, honestly, because processed foods and fast foods are so darn convenient. You can just keep buying it and keep getting it. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'll just supersize it. It's only a dollar more. So it's easy. It's way easier. It's way easier to overeat because it's it's there and it's so easy. Whereas if it's not processed foods, you have to cook it anyway. So it's harder to overeat, and it gives you more satiety. So yeah, exactly. And and that was the biggest point of uh, for me is and for everyone else who uses the the concept of well, I can't afford to eat healthy. Is you can find many things to eat. Um, just like I said, eggs and sausage. Um, eggs are relatively cheap. Are they boring to eat? Yeah, but you can add tons of things to it that are healthy to make it more interesting, taste better, but it's still healthy and it's still a lot cheaper. You just have to get rid of the concept of eating for taste. Um, yeah. You can still eat healthy food and still have it taste great, but you have to let go of the more intense flavors sometimes to, to get to the point where you want to be. Yeah, you were going to say something. Yeah, I, I think the roadblock um, is that if you are eating healthy food from the store or wherever you're considering healthy food, that it is going to cost more. Well, sometimes it does, but, but then again, it comes down to the economics of the choices that you decide to make. Mm -hmm. exactly. um, but there are, there are cheaper choices and then you have to educate yourself. But if we are eating to fuel ourselves and we are eliminating things that are not going to fuel our body well, then I think if we're looking at junk food or, or fast food, then we, you know, of course those things happen every now and then, but in the long run, if you're making uh, economic choices, you know, I could feed my family of four when we were at home for much cheaper with going to the grocery store than I could at McDonald's. And part mm -hmm. of that was probably because there was, you know, three guys and, and one gal, but it lasted longer too. Um, mm -hmm. the food that they ate at home lasted them, you know, much longer than if I, you know, sit here and well, I'm hungry again. Well, of course, because there's nutrients in our fresh food that is not in fast food, even if they enrich it. Cause I know my husband said, why do they say enriched? I'm saying, well, partly because they make you feel better that there's more nutrients in there because they put it back in. But it, our body doesn't assimilate that as well. And, yeah. you know, I feel better when I've ate that cheeseburger that we've made at home than if I ate at McDonald's. Cause I can honestly tell you that goes through me within a half an hour to an hour and I'm not feeling good. <laughs> you know, there's just something, you know, and I do think some of that changes over time, your body adjusts, but I believe that the roadblock of healthy food is one that we put in front of us because, you know, there's always something that's on on sale. I mean, we live in such a rural community. You can farmer's market. Um, there's lots of choices 
that if we remove those roadblocks that we can actually seek out and find. I, I, I just, I can, you know, I, I can go on and on about this, but you know, Sean could eat far more ice cream or candy bars than he could eat a steak. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. That's, why we, I mean, that's why we just don't buy it. <laughs> exactly. The conscious choice. And so right. that's why the whole thing started with making a choice. And so, yeah. you know, for me, in my opinion, it's always is a choice to either work out more, work out less, eat better, not eat better. Um, yes, there are other medical issues that can cause some issues with that. Um, I'm not discounting that, but it really boils down to a choice to figure out your own life and to get out of a situation that you are in. Um, one thing that I wanted to, to touch on is it's kind of a spin, but what are the consequences of losing all your weight, you know, or getting healthier? Um, really, there is no negative consequence. Uh, the consequence that I had for me is I had to buy brand new clothes. I had to buy tons of more clothes. I had to buy That's a great suit. thing. <laughs> I had to buy everything. And, and, yeah. and you know, you, didn't, you don't really think about that. And, and really, it's a positive consequence where you got to buy brand new clothes. And who doesn't like buying clothes and, and looking at it and feeling good? Um, you know, I had to, again, buy new clothes. I had to buy different equipment to, to work out with. Um, I had to, you know, change, eat better food and more health, again, healthier food. But I find it much more tastier to to get a steak and season it myself instead of going to a store or in a restaurant and having it. Like I love steak. Um, another, you know, positive consequence I take it is the confidence level that you gain. Mm -hmm. You just, you feel so much better about yourself. Yep. Um, the way you look and, and, and everything like that. Um, and depending on how much you lose, um, cause I've talked to a lot of people that have lost a lot of weight and who maybe not a lost a little weight is elasticity with skin. Um, skin can bounce back, but if it's been stretched out for so long that you will have loose skin if you've lost a lot of weight. And that call plays into genetics as well. So everyone is different. Um, you know, one question I get asked a lot is, do I have loose skin? I do. Um, I was over 320 pounds and I lost over 105 pounds just so far. Um, so I have loose skin. Uh, will it go back? Maybe. I don't know. Um, will that be something that I have to uh, live with for the rest of my life? Can I fill it in with muscle? How much muscle would I have to fill in? Um, or there are surgeries that you can get to remove loose skin if that's what you need to be. But ultimately, um, it boils down that I made unhealthy choices. Um, and that was the consequence of that choice is... I have loose skin because of now making the positive choice, the better choice to lose weight. I have loose skin. Either I will get better, it will shrink, or I'll have to learn to live with it, or I will have to get it fixed and spend money. Yep. So just like what you said, if you're, either you pay the farmer now or you pay the doctor later, right. well, you know, this is my consequence of now that I've lost all my weight because of my poor choices, I still have lingering things that, I have to deal with either I can try to fill it in with muscle if I can, um, or I will just have to learn to live with it or I just get it fixed. Um, but it all boils down to a choice That's and right. you know, anybody who's wanting to lose weight, um, you know, just understand that those are choices that you'll have to make and there will be differences in your life 
for it, positive and negative? Do I still look in the mirror and when I'm working out or with a shirt off and see loose skin, do I still kind of like, you know, yeah, I do. But I know that with my continued positive choices, I can fix it in any direction that I want to go, either mentally just be accepted or just get it removed if I want to. So we talked about, uh, you know, that the scale is not necessarily the most important thing. And we talked about mm-hmm. muscle mass and uh, we didn't specifically talk about body composition, but um, let's talk about some of the technology that's available now to measure body composition and what you use. You use the um, FitTrack Pro scale, correct? Uh, correct. Yes. T- tell us a little bit about that and how often you weigh and how it connects to your phone and all that stuff. So, so for listeners and viewers. Yeah. So it's a, it's a scale, electronic scale that has two electronic plates on each side. Um, oh, you got the website up. Uh, perfect. Awesome. So essentially you stand on it and it sends electrical impulses through your body and it measures your protein levels, your calorie levels, um, your muscle mass, your bone mass, water weight. It measures everything it can. And again, is it 100% accurate? Most likely not. Um, but it, for me, it gives me um, a base scale to kind of see where I'm at. And I do it daily. Um, some people say, no, don't do it daily, do it weekly. I do it daily because I want to see in my own mental mind, if I'm making progress in anything that I'm doing, because um, I can look at, okay, is my protein levels where they need to be based off of where they're at? Or is my fat mass going up based on the scale? Well, if my fat mass is going up, then I need to look at, okay, am I eating too much protein? Am I eating too much of something? Well, then I need to readjust what I'm eating to bring that back down. Uh, So for me, I love it. It keeps me accountable uh, to what I'm doing and really gives me everything that I can have to make sure that I'm successful. Um, Again, is it 100% accurate? I don't think it is. Um, Well, it gives me a scale. It gives me an idea. A relative number. A relative relative perspective of what I'm doing. Right. uh, And and, and see if I continue to do well. Absolutely. And, and all those numbers, are, whether it be a scale, a scale is just a number, really. A weight is just a number. It's all relative. Are you losing weight? It doesn't matter what you start at. It just mm-hmm. matters, you know, are you progressing? And, and those body fat monitors are the same way. Tanita makes one. Um, there's three or four different ways you can measure body fat. Um, all of them have disadvantages and are not completely mm-hmm. accurate. Um, there's a DEXA scan. You can use the electrical impulses with like the scales you're talking about. Um, you can do the dunk tank um, challenge. You can do pinch calipers. Um, all of those have different advantages, and but they're just relative numbers. So you mm-hmm. just start with one way, stay with that way. Don't compare them to another way. Um, and and are you progressing? That's really that's really it. Now. One thing I want to tell um, our listeners and viewers is that we really, at, at Health Solutions, we try to educate and empower consumers that they're in charge of their own health. And we love stories like Sean's because he has changed his health for sure. And probably many people around him, he's inspired them. If you hear him talk, he talks to others about it. And I can I can attest to that because that's what happened to me. And I want to share that with others. I want to motivate others. At Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy, we were doing what's called the Dumpster Fire Challenge. Producer, if you could stream that up there, I would really appreciate it. Um, and basically what it is, is it's just baby steps with exercise. So it's 20 miles in 20 days. Um, and it's any kind of mile. So whether it be walking, whether it be running, whether it be rowing, whether it be biking, 
20 miles in 20 days. It's really easy to start incorporating some kind of exercise in your routine. Now, diet is also very important, like we talked about today, probably more important, but um, moving is so important. So um, check out our Facebook. We have um, more information on there. We'd love for you to sign up. You will get a medal and a t-shirt. Um, if you um, finish the dumpster fire challenge, which is 20 miles in 20 days. So we would love for you to sign up. Go to our Facebook, the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Facebook, and sign up or message message me or respond to um, this um, um, podcast, comment on the podcast. We'd love to we'd love to see you there. So so Sean, in the last few minutes of our podcast, what are the final words you would like to say to motivate and inspire others? Really, if you're unhappy with your life and your situation, you have the power to change it. Um, you have to dig deep. You have to find what is your motivation and you can change your life. Um, don't make excuses. I made excuses for a lot of years um, and I, I was tired of it and I just got so sick of it. And that was my motivation. I was tired of being tired. I was tired of who I was. And I wanted to be someone different. I wanted to be who I felt like I was inside. And I, I wanted my insides to represent my outsides. So be patient with yourself. Give yourself understanding. Don't be so hard on yourself. I, 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 I can be hard on myself. And that's something that I'm working on my, still to this day. Um, but just be patient and never stop trying. Don't give up. It's very easy to go give up and go back to where you were. But consistency is key in this. And if you have a goal, find your motivation, find friends, find someone who can help hold you accountable uh, if you can't do it on your own. Uh, get a group together, use online re online resources, use Facebook, um, some sort of accountability. Because uh, when I started losing my weight and I would tell other people and how excited they were for me and, and the positive reinforcement that I got, um, it was a huge confidence booster and it kind of made me just keep want to keep going where sometimes I, I didn't want to keep going because I was, I just felt like I couldn't do it. But then when I would get on the scale or I would put on a shirt and like, wow, this three X doesn't feel as tight anymore. Well, now I can go to a two X and then two X was too big and I'll go to an extra large. Well, extra large is too big. Now I can go to a large, it just those small little victories. So savor every little victory that you can and enjoy the process um, because it will change your life. You will be happier. Just stop with the excuses because um, you can change. Anybody can. It just You got to find the way to do it and motivate, motivate yourself. I, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for those words. So one thing um, I am going to start doing at the end of every podcast is just ask a question because I want to – I want – to know what is important um, to our listeners and viewers. And um, we talk about everything healthcare here on Health Solutions. So I would like to know what is, what do you think is, and not just you, Sean, but all of our listeners and viewers, what do you think is the most important, is the most urgent issue facing the American healthcare system today? What is the most urgent issue facing the American healthcare system today. Please comment on our Facebook page. Um, you know, message me many different ways to get a hold of us. We would love to hear your answers to that so we could talk more about it. Um, stay tuned Thursday. 
speaking of our healthcare system, Dr. Marion uh, Mass, she is a doctor and an advocate for doctors and patients. She really does stand up for the doctor and the patient in our American healthcare system. So do not miss out 8 to 9 a.m. Thursday on our the Health Solutions Midweek podcast. So um, with that, I'm going to wind up the show. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you. Thank you.